Welcome to another edition of Sean's Sports Show. This is episode number 95. I'm coming at you live from Los Angeles, California on Saturday, June 9, 2018. Today I'm going to be covering the breaking news in sports. I'm going to be uh, reporting the news and giving my take on each topic. I'm also going to be covering the results of the Los Angeles sports teams and the 2018 French Open as it draws to a close pretty soon. So the first thing that I'm going to be reporting has to do with um, soccer. Real Madrid have reportedly offered Cristiano Ronaldo an an improved contract that could see the 33-year-old's earnings rise to uh, 28.5 million euros per year. Ronaldo wants wants an increase on the wages in his deal so his pay is closer to that of rivals Lionel Messi and Neymar. Journalist Manolo Lama told um, Catena Copes El Partidazo program that a new offer has been made. The new deal is set to comprise a basic annual wage of 21.9 million uh, euros plus a further 6.5 million euros in add-ons. AS showed how the deal would break down. So it would be uh, 2 million for winning the Champions League, 1.5 million for La Liga, 1 million for the Copa del Rey, 1 million uh, each uh, for the Ballon d'Or and FIFA's the best player prize, and 500,000 for the uh, Trophy of Pichichi with another 500,000 tied into an, tied into how many times he plays. Ronaldo is unhappy at Real Madrid and has made the, quote, irreversible decision to leave the club, according to record. The Portugal international is willing to play in three leagues, including England, according to James Robson at the Manchester Evening News. Uh, if Ronaldo is serious about leaving Real Madrid, he may find his options limited due to his wage demands. At 33, the forward is not a long-term option, despite the obvious quality and experience that he does possess. Uh, you know, he secured his fifth UEFA Champions League title last season with Real Madrid, and he finished the season with 26 uh, goals in La Liga and five assists in 27 appearances. Real Madrid will not uh, want to allow one of their biggest assets to leave the club. Um, so, President Florentino Perez has offered his view on Ronaldo's future, uh, per Dermot Corrigan, saying, quote, he has, been ha- he has been happy, is happy, and will remain happy. It is not that he might stay, it is that he has a contract. Madrid is the most important and an institution with 13 European Cups. The situation is also complicated as Real Madrid are still to appoint a replacement for manager Zinedine Zidane, who stepped down from his position in May. Talk of Ronaldo being unhappy at Real Madrid is nothing new. The Portuguese star was said to was said to be keen to leave Real Madrid and Spain in summer of 2017, according to Marca. Ronaldo has three years remaining on his current deal, and if he remains and it remains to be seen if he's willing to force an exit from Real Madrid, a new a new and improved deal may be enough to keep him at the club for at least one more season. So, that's that. Um, now uh, switching gears to the NBA, covering the the you know the early. Uh, championship odds for next season the golden state warriors have won two consecutive nba titles and three in four years so it should come as no surprise that they are the early favorites to host the larry o'brien trophy next season um who's the biggest threat to dethrone the two-time defending champs odd shark provided the early odds for the 2018-19 season following the warriors four-game nba final sweep of the cleveland cavaliers on friday so golden state is first at plus 120 then Houston comes in second at plus 350. And then Philadelphia is tied at plus 350. Boston is at plus 700. The Los Angeles Lakers are in fifth place at plus 1,200. That's surprising. Uh, the Spurs are at plus 3,000. Then uh, the Raptors, Cavs, and Heat are at plus 5,000. The Jazz and Thunder are at plus 6,000. The Pelicans uh, and Trailblazers are at plus 8,000. The Timberwolves, Nuggets, and Bucks are at plus 10,000. And the Pacers and Wizards are also at plus 10,000. 
So as things as things stand, it should come as no surprise that the Houston Rockets have the second best odds. They took the Warriors to seven games in the Western Conference Finals, and they held a 3-2 series lead before losing Chris Paul for their final two games due to a hamstring injury. These odds will change dramatically depending on where LeBron James signs as a free agent, but for now, the Warriors are the, are the front runners to be the last team standing next season, and I think they're going to repeat personally. Um, now covering um, an NBA final story that I'm taking with a grain of salt. It has to do with um, LeBron James. The Cleveland Cavaliers' heartbreaking loss in Game 1 of the 2018 NBA Finals not only dug them in an early hole in the series, but it also led to their best player suffering an injury that would affect him the rest of the way. After the Golden State Warriors uh, finished off a sweep of the Cavs on Friday night, Sam Amick of USA Today reported that LeBron James played the final three games of the series with a, quote, serious bone contusion in his right hand. That injury was suffered when, when the three-time champion punched a whiteboard after Game 1 for Amick. Uh, James revealed the extent of the injury after Game 4 via NBA TV, saying, quote, I let the emotions get the best of me and pretty much played the last three games with a broken hand. It's hard for anyone to blame James uh, for being frustrated by the, end, by, the, by the way Game 1 ended. He did everything he could to lead his team to a win, posting 51 points, 8 assists, and 8 rebounds. However, that was not enough to beat Golden State. The Cavs were in a position to steal the opening game on the road, though. George Hill missed a potential go-ahead free throw with 4.7 seconds to play in the game. And after J.R. Smith uh, grabbed the rebound, he then dribbled out the clock in a tied game. Golden State, Golden State would survive, outscoring Cleveland 17-7 in overtime and to pull out a 124-114 victory. It was clear during the post-game press conference that James was frustrated uh, as, he did, as he ended up walking out on the media. As it turns out, his frustration boiled over more than just a presser walkout. For anyone watching the finals, there were no obvious signs of injury. While playing hurt, James still averaged 28.3 points, 8.7 rebounds, and 10.7 assists over the final three games. So to me, this just seems like an excuse. Uh, you know, uh, it, just, it just seems like an excuse, and I don't get why. For some reason, all these people, all these athletes that say they were injured, they always say it after they lose. They, nothing gets, rarely it ever gets mentioned after they after their team wins. And it certainly never gets mentioned uh, during a series, although that's justified. But still, it's just it's just strange that it always happens after the team loses. Now, uh, covering the Golden State Warriors uh, and their offseason plans, Golden State Warriors majority owner Joe Lacob said he's confident the organization will work out a contract extension for head coach Steve Kerr. After the Dubs captured their third, uh, their third NBA championship in the past four years, uh, saying, "quote is very high on the po- on the offseason priority list." Lakeup told Anthony Slater, "The Athletic, and we will get it done." Kerr has one season remained on a five-year con- on a five-year twenty-five million dollar contract he signed in May of twenty fourteen. In October, Tim Kawakami of the Athletic reported the Warriors and their head coach held preliminary discussions about a new deal last summer, but opted to hold off until the 52-year-old former NBA point guard was confident his lingering back problems had subsided. Quote, we just agreed we'd wait, Kerr said at the time. I've got two years left on my deal and wanted to make sure that everything went well this year health-wise, and I don't anticipate any issues going forward. I don't have any desire to be anywhere else, so I'm sure when we get down to it, we'll come to an agreement pretty quickly. Kerr figures to receive a substantial raise from $5 million per year when an extension is reached. San Antonio Spurs coach Greg Popovich was the top earner among coaches this past season at $11 million per, per 247 sports. Kerr, who played under Popovich during two stints with the Spurs as a player, has won eight total NBA championships, five during his playing days, and three since taking over the Warriors in 2014. He's probably not done adding to that total. As I've already covered, the Warriors have the best odds to win the championship next season. The only thing that may significantly alter those odds is if the Cavs is if Cavs superstar LeBron James leaves the Cavs to sign with one of those other top contenders to provide the Dubs with a more dangerous challenger. 
Um, so we'll just have to see how this um, plays out. Now, um, covering um, another NBA story that has to do with the LA Clippers. It's very interesting. The Los Angeles Clippers could be eyeing a move up in this month's draft to acquire their point guard of the future. Appearing on the Yahoo Sports NBA podcast with Chris Mannix, insider Shams Chirinia said the Clippers are interested in moving up in the lottery to select Real Madrid floor general Luka Doncic. Quote, I think there's a lot of a lot of fluidity to this draft, Chernia said. You could see a um you could see a lot of pick movement. The Clippers have looked to trade up. I think a guy that they have looked at heavily is Luka Doncic of Real Madrid. I think uh, I think it'll be a lot of movement in this draft. Uh, potentially. The Clippers currently own the number twelve number twelve and thirteen picks, and in theory, they could package them with a player to swing their way into the top five. In his latest mock draft, Bleacher Report, Jonathan Wasserman projected Doncic to the, to the Memphis Grizzlies at number four overall, with the Clippers landing former Alabama point guard Colin Sexton at number 12 and former Texas A&M center Robert Williams at number 13. Beyond the draft, the Clippers could be facing a summer full of change if center DeAndre Jordan declines his $24.1 million player option and tests free agency. And as I've reported, uh, you know, it's been... It's been noted that uh, DeAndre Jordan wants to play in his hometown of Houston with the Houston Rockets, so it looks like he's out of um, L.A. According to Rockets, uh, you know, wires, Kaliuko Jordan, quote, was in the ears of multiple Rockets players throughout the 2017-18 season, expressing his longtime desire to play in his hometown. Because that's just um, the, the official report, me saying the official report. Um, now, covering another NBA story and a potential trade. If LeBron James isn't on the Cleveland Cavaliers next season, there's a good chance Kevin Love won't be either. As ESPN's Brian Winters explained, on the Hoop Collective, no current players are guaranteed spots if James decide, uh, decides to decline his player option for 2018-19. Quote, they start over, Winhurst said of the Cavaliers. They fully make Kevin Love available. I bet they would look for a first-round pick in that trade. He's on the last year of a deal, so they, would, so they, don't, take, so they don't want to take on money. While James hasn't given any indication of what he will do about his future, there's wide speculation his time in Cleveland is over. Bleacher Report's Howard Beck explained that the four-time MVP leaving is the only logical conclusion based on what we have seen. According to Oddstruck, the Lakers and Houston Rockets have the best odds of landing James, followed by a tie between the Philadelphia 76ers and Cleveland Cavaliers. This means Cleveland will likely have to prepare for a future without its biggest star, and based on what we saw these playoffs, the squad won't have much chance of contending without James playing every night. If the Cavs do open things up for a fire sale, uh, Love would be the top target for teams as the only other player who averaged double figures during the playoffs. The center t- totaled 14.9 points and 10.2 rebounds per game in the postseason, scoring at least 20 points in three of, of the four NBA Finals games. This came after averaging 17.6 points and 9.3 rebounds per game during the season while shooting 41.5% from beyond the arc. He earned his second straight All-Star selection and fifth of his career. The biggest question mark is his salary. He's owed over $24 million next season with a player option for 2019-20. Anyone who trades for love has to make sure he can fit well with the team before he costs uh, too much in a trade return in a trade return salary and future cap flexibility. So this is um this is very interesting and um um I mean not much to say just um it's not very surprising that that the Cavs want to trade Kevin Kevin Love if LeBron leaves. There's no point in, in having someone like Kevin Love because, no offense to Kevin Love, he can't really do the same thing with uh, the Cavs like LeBron did on his own. So now uh, switching gears to soccer, the United States and France played to a 1-1 draw at Saturday at Groupama Stadium in Lyon, France. Julian Green gave the United States a 1-0 lead in the 44th minute before Kylian Mbappe equalized in the 78th minute. Despite having an 8-1 edge in shots on goal, 
France was unable to find the winning goal. Uh, so this is this should be concerning for uh, for France, I think. That, you know, as much as I am a fan of the U.S. men's national team in soccer, they've really been falling off in terms of their um, their level of play. So France should be worried going into the World Cup, in my opinion, and the U.S. should be proud of a 1-1 draw with France. So now, uh, switching gears back to the NBA, the Memphis Grizzlies agreed to a deal with Jerry Stackhouse to add the 18-year NBA veteran to their coaching staff as an assistant, ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski reported Saturday. Stackhouse will work under J.B. Bickerstaff, who was Memphis's interim head coach this year before the team named him as the permanent co- coach in May. Whereas some former players were able to transition into, the head, into a head coaching job immediately after they retired, Stackhouse was instead worked his way up the ladder. He was an assistant for the Toronto Raptors in 2015-16 before coaching Toronto's uh, affiliate in the in the in the then D-League, uh, Raptors 905. In his first season as head coach, Stackhouse helped Raptors 905 win a D-League title and was named the league's coach of the year. Raptors, 9- Raptors 905 then uh, reached the 2018 G-League Finals where they lost in two games to the Austin Spurs. Avery Johnson, who coached Stackhouse for four seasons with the Dallas Mavericks, praised both the 43-year-old's demeanor and willingness to learn per the New York Daily News' Stefan Bondi. Quote, presence, he has a presence, he has personality, he has good people skills, he can see the game, he's, he, he has great instincts, very flexible. Some coaches don't want to be coached, but he's the type of guy that will always be seeking to get better in the craft of coaching because he's flexible. Obviously, we know he's a guy, um, excuse me, obviously we know he's a, he's a tough guy with quote-unquote street cred, but he's, um, he's also a guy that you want to go to dinner with. Over his playing career, Stackhouse averaged 16.9 points per game, and he was second in the NBA in scoring at 29.8 in the 2000-2001 season. Generally, Stackhouse is remembered more for his offense and his defense. Stackhouse, the coach, is exactly the opposite, with NBA.com's uh, Scott Howard Cooper comparing him to Minnesota Timberwolves head coach Tom Thibodeau. According to NBA.com, Raptors 905 gave up just 97.3 points per game in 2017-18, which ranked first in the G League and allowed opponents to shoot 43.6% from the field. Not surprisingly, they also owned the best defensive rating at 99.9. Offensively, Stackhouse appears in tune with the general trends in the NBA as well. Um, you know, although the Raptors, the Raptors 905 had the fourth worst three-point percentage in the G League, they attempted the 11th most threes per game. Um, so that's that. I think this is a good move for the for the Memphis Grizzlies, and. Um, Hopefully, the, I mean, I don't really care, to be honest. I'm a Laker fan. But I, I would like to see Memphis improve because Memphis is uh, lackluster, to say the least. Now, um, another NBA story that's very interesting. Golden State Warriors power forward David West hinted the Dubs dealt with shocking behind-the-scenes drama and route to winning their third championship in four years by completing a sweep of the Cleveland Cavaliers in Game 4 of the 2018 NBA Finals on Friday night. Quote, y'all got no clue, no clue, West said after the 108-85 title-clinching victory per Mark J. Spears of the Undefeated. That tells you about this team that nothing came out. Although it's unclear what West is referring to, the fact that a 37-year-old veteran who's played with four organizations across a 15-year professional career is making such a comment adds a layer of intrigue after the Warriors dismantled the Cavs. Golden State head coach Steve Kerr responded cryptically when asked about West's comments by SportsCenter uh, host Scott Van Pelt. Uh, via Chris Chavez of Sports Illustrated. Quote, it was the hardest year of my short coaching career, Kerr said. Four years, but this was the most difficult one for sure. We had typical team stuff that every team has. I think it was more than that. It was the grind of doing it again. You know this, You know this, but only a handful of teams have made the finals four years in a row in the history of the league. There's a lot of internal stuff that happens. As a coach, you have to try to navigate, move forward, and keep the train rolling. 
In an era where anonymous sources were so prevalent, it's surprising the Warriors were able to keep their apparent issues quiet while completing another championship journey. That could change as the, as the Dubs executives, uh, coaches, and players begin to go their separate ways for the summer, though. Fans may finally learn what Wes was talking about amid Friday's celebration. First, Golden State will celebrate its ta- latest title with, with another parade on Tuesday. Uh, it's become almost an annual tradition in Oakland in recent years. Uh, so... But, I mean, it's it's kind of interesting because if David West didn't say anything, nobody would even know anything about this. Like, there was absolutely nothing about, uh, you know, Golden State having internal issues. So this is surprising. Now, uh, switching gears to the NBA draft, the Phoenix Suns are reportedly in the market for a second top 10 pick, and their target may be former Oklahoma point guard Trey Young. According to Bleacher Report, Jonathan Wasterman, the Suns, quote, have been trying to bring Young in for a workout and dinner meeting, moves that suggest they could try to trade back into the mid to to late lottery to bolster their backcourt. The Suns currently own the first and 16th picks in the first round, as well as the uh, first pick of the second round with number 31 overall. Wasterman suggested they could try to package number 16 and 31 and, quote, maybe someone like Marquise Chris to try to wiggle their way back into the top 10. Uh, as far as the number one pick is concerned, former Arizona center DeAndre Ayton has already made a de- definitive proclamation regarding the Suns' intentions, even if they haven't filled him in yet. Uh, in his most recent mock draft, Wasterman projected Ayton to the Suns at number one and Young to the Orlando Magic at number six. He also had Phoenix selecting former Villanova guard Dante DiVincenzo at number 16 and Bosnian swingman uh, Dizan and Musa at number 31. So that's that. Now switching gears to horse racing. I never talk about horse racing because there's usually never to report in terms of breaking news but this is uh worth noting following a win at the belmont stakes on saturday to capture horse racing's triple crown justifies value has skyrocketed per espn's darren rovell justifies primary owners at windstar farm china horse club nsf racing sold his breeding rights fee to coolmore for 60 million dollars Combining that total with the $15 million for winning the Triple Crown, Justify's $75 million deal is the richest in racing history. Um, Fushaishi Pegasus, who won the Kentucky Derby in 2000, held the previous mark of $70 million. Justify became the 13th horse in history to win the Kentucky Derby, um, Preakness Stakes, and, and Belmont Stakes. The three-year-old has won each of his first six career races, all coming in 2018. So that's uh, pretty cool that... He's worth uh, $75 million, and uh, it's just it's a very interesting sport that I don't know much about, so I don't really have anything to, to say about that, but it's just pretty cool. Now switching gears to boxing. It's hard to imagine a better first fight for Terrence Crawford in the welterweight division. His speed, power, and ring smarts, and ring generalship, I should say, as well, were all on display as he dominated Jeff Horn to win the WBO World Welterweight title by ninth-round technical knockout on Saturday night at the MGM Grand Arena in Las Vegas. The fight was a supreme mismatch. Horn uh, making his making just his second defense of the w, WBO belt after winning it in controversial fashion for Manny Pacquiao in, in July of 2017 had no answers for Crawford's talent. The punishment grew exponentially round over round until referee Robert Bird had seen enough. A straight left hand and a flurry knocked down Horn in the middle of the ninth. Bird gave Horn a quick count, but it was clear he had nothing left. Crawford tapped him on the ropes, and with Horn unable to return fire, Bird waved off the bout. The 30-year-old Crawford is now a three-division champion, having won at lightweight before unifying the junior welterweight ranks, one of the only few boxers ever to hold four belts at one time in one division. Uh, Yahoo Sports' Kevin Lowell was in awe of his skills, tweeting, quote, Crawford is, is on another level than just about everyone else. He has so much talent, great defense, ter- terrific footwork, speed, power, and excellent boxing IQ. 
Sports Illustrated Chris Mannix also thinks that Pacquiao would be in trouble if he took on Crawford, saying, quote, anyone that wants to see Manny Pacquiao fight Terrence Crawford later this year must really not like Manny Pacquiao. And um, I definitely agree with that because, uh, you know, even though Jeff Horn beat Pacquiao controversially, Pacquiao still didn't do anything decisively against Horn, who obviously, you know, Pacquiao in his prime would destroy Jeff Horn. And nobody's arguing that, but Pacquiao's way past his prime, so Pacquiao should avoid Terrence Crawford, and I think Pacquiao should call it call it a day soon in terms of uh, his career so after the bout Crawford said he wanted to take on the other champions in the division per the ESPN plus live stream it appears one of them world IBF welterweight champion Errol Spence Jr. has taken notice and he, he tweeted the um, he, tw- he tweeted an emoji with the um, binoculars so whatever that means if Saturday's fight is any indication Crawford will have no problem taking on the best fighters in his new stomping grounds Crawford sometimes likes to take his time uh, dissecting fighters but Horn didn't allow for any slow calculations he went straight at Crawford from the start rushing in with punches flying in from awkward angles Crawford didn't take much damage from those charges and all the relentless bull rushing uh, did was feed Terrence a lot of information early which he quickly digested so that's that and congrats to Crawford I think he's going to be a force in the welterweight division so um that is, um, yeah, that's that. And um, now the last breaking news story that we're going to be covering, San Antonio Spurs head coach Greg Popovich will likely try to insert himself into the LeBron James sweepstakes this summer. The New York Times' Mark Stein reported Saturday. Stein wrote, Popovich, quote, is bound to try to force his way into the conversation to sell James on the merits of South Texas. Spurs point guard DeJounte Murray already started the lobbying efforts, sharing a photo of James in a Spurs jersey following the Cavs' uh, season-ending defeat. San Antonio didn't make the cut when ESPN's Stephen A. Smith listed off the early contenders for James' signature in free agency. Uh, the seven teams were the Cleveland Cavaliers, Golden State Warriors, believe it or not, Philadelphia 76ers, Boston Celtics, Houston Rockets, Los Angeles Lakers, and Miami Heat. From a basketball perspective, though, the Spurs would be one of the best fits for the four-time MVP. In Popovich, James would finally have a coach uh, who equals his legendary status as a player. A healthy Kawhi Leonard is one of the few players who could match up favorably with two-time finals MVP Kevin Durant. Put James and Leonard in the same frontcourt and San Antonio could seriously challenge the Warriors for NBA supremacy. So whether the Spurs are seriously on James's radar at the moment, Popovich's resume should at least um, earn the team an opportunity to sit down with the 14-time All-Star. So I think, personally, I think the, I think the San Antonio Spurs have a better chance uh, to land LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers for you know the, for LeBron James to stay in Cleveland, so um, and that's all we have for the breaking news in sports. Now we're going to be covering the Los Angeles sports teams, starting with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, the Dodgers played the Atlanta Braves today, and the Dodgers lost by a score of five to three. So the the Dodgers and Braves split the first two games of the series, and the series finale is um, tomorrow. Now covering the Los Angeles, and also it is I forgot to say the Dodgers improved to, or fall to thirty two and thirty two, and the Braves improved to thirty seven and twenty seven. The Braves are having a pretty um, solid year compared to recent memory. The Angels uh, played the Minnesota Twins today, and uh, uh, excuse me, some technical difficulties here. Uh, the Angels. Um, Give me one second. I don't know what's going on. Okay, there we go. The Angels uh, won by a score of 2-1. to one. Sorry for the, for the delay. Um, so the Angels uh, took the first two games of the series, and um, they'll, look to, they'll look to sweep the Twins tomorrow. 
Now taking a look at the MLB standings uh, coming into uh, tomorrow's games after these results. The Dodgers are now tied with the Giants and Rockies for second place. Uh, and the Dodgers, Giants, and Rockies are all two and a half games behind the Diamondbacks. And so the NL West is very close. The... Um, uh, the Rockies are three and seven in their last ten games, while the Diamondbacks, Giants, Dodgers, and Padres are seven and three in their last ten. So that's interesting. Team, the teams are playing well. Uh, the Angels are three and a half games behind the Astros for second place, and four games behind the Mariners for first place. So the uh, the last place Rangers are four and six in their last ten. The th- the fourth place Athletics are five and five in their last ten. The second place Astros are six and four in their last ten. The third, the third place LA Angels are seven and three in their last ten, and the first place Mariners are red hot eight and two in their last ten. The the Mariners are raking and just playing very well. Now uh, covering the LA Galaxy, the Galaxy played today. They played Real Salt Lake, and the Galaxy won by a score of three zero. That's a big game at home. So um, Zlatan Ibrahimovic scored two goals uh, in the sixty first and sixty seventh minute, and then Ola Kamara scored the third one in the seventy sixth minute to give the Galaxy a three zero lead and 3-0 win the galaxy's next game is um friday june 15th at 8 p.m pacific 11 p.m eastern against the portland timbers it's the um the next round the round of 16 of the u.s open cup their next mls game is uh june 30th at 7 p.m pacific 10 p.m eastern against the san jose earthquakes now covering the lafc uh they're they played the san jose earthquakes yesterday and they won by a score of four to three you don't see that very often it was a pretty crazy because um san jose so first um san jose scored in, in the 11th minute to make it 1-0 then uh lafc scored in the 15th minute to make it 1-1 then lafc scored in the 19th minute to take a 2-1 lead uh then uh san jose scored in the 52nd minute to make it 2-2 then they scored in the 63rd to make it uh 3-2 then lafc tied it in the 90th minute to make it 3-3 and um yeah, and they ended up winning 4-2-3. So the LAFC's next game is um, also in the US, U.S. Open Cup. They have a bit of an easier match than the Galaxy. They play the Sacramento Republic FC on Wednesday, June uh, 20th at 7.30 p.m. Pacific, 10.30 p.m. Eastern. Their next MLS game is uh, against the Columbus Crew, Saturday, June 23rd at 7.30 p.m. Pacific, 10.30 p.m. Eastern. So uh, that's all we have for the Los Angeles sports teams not covering the on uh, 2018 French Open, the today's matches on Saturday. Um, women's singles, the final of the women's singles. The number one seed, Simona Halep from Romania, beat the number 10 seed from the USA, Sloane Stevens, 3-6, 6-4, So congrats to Simona. It's her first Grand Slam win, and uh, I'm, I'm happy she finally broke through in the finals of a Grand Slam. And um, now covering men's doubles, the finals. Um, the six seeds, Herbert and Mahout from France, beat... Uh, Morag from Austria and Pavic from Croatia, 6-2-7-6 to win the men's doubles championship in France. So uh, that's all we have for the uh, French Open and this episode of Sean Sports Show. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate the support, and I'll see you guys on episode number 96, which will be, which will be recorded and released on Sunday, June 10th, 2018. Thanks for listening.